We are live for a new episode of the Electric Podcast. I am Fred Lambert, your host. And as usual, I'm joined by Seth Wintraub. How are you doing this week, Seth? I'm good. All right. I hope you're ready because we have a ton of news to discuss this week. Uh, and we're going to start with <laughs> kind of a story I'm tired to talk about. But since there was a big update on it this week, and we talked a lot about it last week with some speculation because there was a lot of unanswered question, we should discuss it right away. And this is the, uh, I'm talking about Elon's kind of a, uh, strange fight with the ECC that's going on with Tesla and the crossfire, unfortunately. That's, that's kind of how I see it, too. It's like this is between Elon and the ECC, and Tesla is just kind of stuck uh, in it. So the the fight between them have been rimping up since um, since an, uh, a lawyer for Elon Musk sent a letter to the court last week discussing uh, the SEC, what, what he saw at, uh, as harassment from the SEC on Tesla and Elon Musk. The ECC responded to that, saying denying, of course, the um, the allegation of uh, harassment. They also explained why they haven't distributed the forty million dollars in fine yet. This is, this is a very complex plan to redistribute that money, and the plan will be submitted next month uh, to the SEC in March. Okay, and uh, they explained like the subpoena, like that they was issued late last year, like it was part of an investigation. There's no harassment going on, everything. Then after the, the ECC issued a response, Spiro, uh, Musk's lawyer, came back again, and then he, he doubled down on his allegation and even said that the ECC leaked information about the ongoing investigation against Tesla and Elon Musk as part of kind of a reprisal versus uh, over over what's happening between two of them. Because, of course, Musk has been stepping up his own commentary. He said... Uh, in new comments this week regarding the situation, someone uh, on Twitter said that just presented this theory, this like theory that the Elon and Tesla have been baiting the SEC for years and building their case on the level of corruption. And now they have enough evidence to go public with it. And for some reason, Elon saw that comment and decided to respond to it. And he said, building a case is exactly what I've been doing. Uh, he didn't elaborate on what kind of case it is. But then he said, I didn't start the fight, but I will finish it. So like, the guy seems to be really all in this vendetta against the SEC. Um, but what happened this week is like, we kind of, on uh, I, I, it's not confirmed, but I, I suspect that this is what the, um, Elon's lawyer was talking about when he said that the ECC leaked information about the investigation. The Wall Street Journal came out with uh, with an article saying that the probe that the ECC has uh, on Elon and, uh, and Tesla right now, the investigation, is relating to suspected insider trading violation uh, over Musk and uh, over a sell that uh, Musk's brother, Kimball Musk, did right before Elon announced that on Twitter that he would nah, he didn't announce he put out this poll on Twitter that he would sell 10% of his stake in Tesla if the poll uh, approved it so we discussed that at the time when it happened like because because of course when he when he tweeted that the the stock went down significantly because Elon selling 10% of his stakes is a lot of uh, selling pressure it also shows kind of a uh, uh, Elon seeing kind of a peak for now so not even though he framed that situation very well to avoid that kind of uh, look at his uh, at his uh, sell of, of, of Tesla stock. But right before that, a day before that, Kimball Musk, who sits on Tesla's board, who has been sitting on the board forever, uh, you know, he's Elon's brother, 
and he became very rich off Tesla stocks. And he still owns like a half a million, I think, stocks, uh, which is worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, he sold a hundred million dollar worth at the time, it was his largest sell ever. And it wasn't a sell that was part of a plan. At least it wasn't disclosed uh, as it's often is. Like uh, when you are a large shareholder that's uh, related to the company, whether being a board member or an executive or a higher up executive, you have to set up a plan to to sell share at times. Uh, but that wasn't the case here. So the SEC kind of suspect that, it, or not suspect, well, they want to look into whether Elon told them beforehand and he acted based on that information uh, because, of course, his sell of $100 million would have been a few million shorts if uh, Elon um, would have made that tweet the day before. So now we kind of know at least what this new CC probe is about and why why this this uh, rhetoric from both sides is ramping up and this is uh, getting ugly in the media and whatnot. Um, my personal take on it is kind of I I'm, I'm kind of shocked that this this is what this is about because first of all like if so in terms of uh, whether there's any meet to this investigation i have a lot of doubt because i don't really see the richest man in the world bothering telling his brother who's also a multi multi multi-millionaire uh about an upcoming tweet so that he would save a few million maybe like two or three million dollars off of a sell of a hundred plus million dollars worth of stock I don't see it. I mean, I, I, I might be naive. I might be like, oh, of course, these people are after every cent or whatever. I, I don't know. I just don't see it. Uh, also, I don't even know if this is really insider trading because I, I my understanding insider trading needed to be based on information that's uh, uh, material to the company. This is about him selling stocks. Uh, it's not about anything inside the company. It's his own stocks that he's selling. So, so I don't, I don't know the specifics of that, but I'd be surprised. On the other hand of it, though, on Elon's hand of it, um, like, why is he being so upset about this investigation? That's that's what I'm, I'm more concerned about. Like, I don't understand because, of course, your brother sells a hundred million dollars worth of stock right after you say something that affects the stock badly. Uh, it's it, it it looks bad. I, everyone can agree on that. Even though you might have done nothing wrong, it looks bad. So it's not surprising that the SEC is doing its job and looking into it. Um, why making a big stink about it? Having your lawyer sell letter that this is harassment and all that. Uh, I that that's what I don't understand. Like let them do the investigation. They're gonna find probably nothing, and that's gonna be the end of it. Um, so I don't know what's happening on that front. If I'd be a suspicious person, <laughs> I would think that maybe he's worried that something else would come out of that investigation about how he presented his stock sell in November because we all discussed that the way he presented it as if this is an idea that came out of the blue because of pressure about rich people paying taxes and everything. And it was actually most of the sales of the stock was actually based on the plan that was set up in September, two months prior. And if the investigation ended up finding out that this was all stage uh, market thing to make Elon look better with this situation. That might be why he doesn't want this to come out. I don't know. This is if I was a suspicious person, which I am at times. So I don't have any, <laughs> I don't have any information on that. What do you think, Seth? Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I, I think that um, 
this is probably a, I mean, it seems like it's a publicity thing happening just, just by the way it's coming out on Twitter. Um, you know, if, if there was something that he wanted to, to talk to the SEC about, like suing, he could obviously have his lawyer write them directly. Um, and we, I mean, if we knew, like, I'm sure Kimball knew that he was going to, you have to sell, you know, a bunch of stock to, to pay the taxes on his reward. So if we knew that, I'm sure he knew that. So like, there's no real information, like insider information. Yeah. That's a good I mean, point. That's t- a the good timing point. maybe. And the know. timing is so close to that. If he was planning on something like that, he would have made like a better, <laughs> maybe a better, a less bad looking kind of movie. Right. So right. maybe Elon, uh, Kimball just knew like Elon's going to have to sell some stock. Uh, coming up because of his option exercising is like i'm gonna get ahead of that which or maybe elon waited till after kimball i don't know whatever yeah yeah i don't don't know either i agree like i think i think the concern is that this will all become public and you know the sec will out elon's tweet as being you know false whatever Mm -hmm. you know to try to appease people who say he's too rich or whatever Mm mm-hmm because it, right. it worked. Like, this whole situation, like, it'll work. A lot of people are like, that are not following the situation closely. Like, did you know that Elon just, like, donated, like, $6 billion and it's going to pay $10 billion in taxes? Like, yeah, I mean, he also, like, he also is going to be getting, like, $20 billion worth of stock out of this thing. Right. Like, there's a reason he's paying that much in taxes. I know. That's what's kind of unfortunate. And, and that one thing where he tweeted about, like, going to the – irs and getting a cookie because he's yeah. like that's just a weird and and ugly uh tweet like like you're of course you're paying more money than anybody else has but you're also making more money than anybody else in the history of man has made so like yeah, why and, and we're not saying that he doesn't deserve it like, the, the, like a lot of people when he, he set up that stock compensation plan a lot of people thought it was it was crazy a lot of people were like yeah this is, this is the, it's never gonna amount to anything because it's attached to tesla being valued at tens of billions of dollars and tesla achieving profitability and positive gross margin of certain percentage and whatnot like people were like and even tesla and he and tesla did that so kudos to him it's just that why make it so weird about like it worked like now you pay your taxes on it that's it <laughs> don't make a big deal out of it right um of course he's he, his problem is more about people like uh what's uh, what's a uh, is that warren that keeps like hammering that he doesn't pay taxes i mean because he didn't pay taxes in 2018 i mean i'm sure oh, that i'm sure that's frustrating to him and, and everything like that but i mean if we care <laughs> at one point, like you did the right thing, everything was going through, like, but this CCC fight makes me suspect that he's he's he doesn't want the real reason, the 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 way it was all framed to come out. I think. Yeah, I mean, if he really wants to be transparent about his taxes, he could just release all of his tax forms. Like, there's no real mm-hmm. like nothing preventing that. He says so, that they have been leaked. He said that they, uh, they yeah, leaked. but it was just like one or two years. Yeah. I guess 2018. Yeah, 2018 uh, is the year that he didn't pay, or 2019 was the year they didn't pay him because he overpaid the year before that. But right. he also Pro- never exercised any options during that time. That was the big difference maker. Right, and that was leaked to ProPublica. I think yeah. that's what he's talking about. Yeah. 
So speaking of that, all this rhetoric uh, that's going on about Iran's politics and being pretty hard on the current administration, I think this is uh, th this is kind of affecting Tesla's brand in some ways, uh, uh, positive and negative. But uh, this this new survey that came out from the people at uh, Morning Consult, they've been tracking uh, the political affiliation of Tesla buyers and, 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 one, and potential buyers. And they see a, a significant uptick in, in, from December to, the, uh, to January alone, a three-point percentage point increase in... Um, so the, the way they frame it is people considering to buy a Tesla. So 20% of Democrats says they're considering to buy a Tesla, 17% of Republicans. So still Democrats are more willing to go ahead and buy a Tesla than Republicans, but a three-point increase on the 17% overall, and this is, this is a significant increase. And this is where it gets really interesting. Forget about actually jumping into action and potentially buying a car. The way they perceive the Tesla brand as, as trustworthy, the way they trust the Tesla brand, now it's, it's switched. And now 27% of Republicans uh, say that they uh, are likely, they are more likely to trust Tesla versus 25% among Democrats. So this is an interesting shift here uh, that uh, the, the, the more conservative right-wing people are starting to trust Tesla more than the, than the Democrats, which was the completely the other way around just a few years ago. Um, yeah. I, I think that's almost entirely because of Elon tweeting, right? Like moving to Texas Yeah, moving to Texas too. I, I think. I, I think also like it wasn't like. I mean, if you take all the politics, all all of it, like uh, an electric vehicle is good for everyone, whether you're Democrats, Republican, independent, Republican, independent, or whatever. Um, but it, it was always skewed towards more democratic, progressive people. Of course, for the environmental benefits, that that's more attached to that side of politics for sure. But also just the incentive because blue states offer more incentive to electric vehicles so of course it's going to result in more progressive more uh, democrats buying electric vehicles and uh, now that maybe like the incentive are not that big of a deal anymore uh, it still is of course but not not as much as it used to be just a few years ago uh, and and tesla now also moving to texas and everything all these combines i think are, are gonna um start bringing EVs more to um, uh, to red states and to, to Republicans. Also wealth. I mean, there's wealthy people on both sides and you need to be somewhat wealthy to have an energy vehicle because you, uh, for the most part, you need to buy a, a new vehicle. And, uh, and that's a minority of the population can buy a new vehicle. Most people buy used vehicles. So there's that too. But yeah, obviously, like the recent optic, I think, as you said, is linked to uh, Elon's Becoming more political because he didn't used to be political. He didn't used to talk about that that much. And of course, what uh, what the progressive, the Democrats are are, are frustrated about is like are, like now, like Biden is in the administration, and everything. And of course, Biden has made some move that are anti Tesla and, and everything, though it didn't add up to anything anyway because the the Black Bitter Act hasn't passed yet. But anyway, um, so there's some reason why Elon wouldn't appreciate the new administration for sure. But there's plenty of reason for him not to appreciate the previous one, too, because the previous one was way more anti-environment. There's no doubt about it. And Elon was way more quiet about the previous administration than he has been with the cur current one in, in terms of discontent. So so people are, are 
starting to make two plus two equal four. Like this, this is the the they're starting to see our Elon might be a Republican. I'm not saying that he is. I, I don't I don't know that. Like I know plenty of people that are just independent and they they will criticize both sides. I don't know. But uh, this is how a lot of people feel. And I, I've definitely seen some staunch uh, Democrats like now that are saying, like, I would never buy a Tesla because of what Elon has been saying lately. And, and uh, which, I mean, obviously, I don't, I don't care about that that much because now at least there's plenty of other EVs that he can buy. So it's not. And if they're Democrats and they are like they are already they were already looking at Tesla and everything, they're probably already convinced that electric vehicles are, are the way to go. So. There's plenty of brands to choose for. Yeah, and you know him running around with uh, Joe Rogan. I think it's a, like a new type of right. You know, he, he went on the show um, with the uh, what is that Babylon B? Yeah, um, he he's kind of. It's not. I wouldn't say it's a Republican thing. It's just like it's and it's not alt right. They call themselves a Christian uh, website. Right. That uh, no, and Sunday, it's not a parody of Christian because they, they they actually like affiliate as they they see themselves like Christian. It's just uh, it's uh, what is it? a satirical. Yeah, it's just, that it's is that happens to be Christian. And but they asked him on the show, like you know, do you accept Jesus? And he was like, uh, this isn't the part of the show I was uh, you know hoping to be on. But um, he uh, you know he he kind of you know, I think had a lot of the right leaning viewpoints. Um, and a lot of it, it just seems like you're attacking uh, liberal politicians, which like, frankly, attacking politicians is, is not new or novel or anything, but um, it's just weird because, you know, the history of Tesla has been, you know, kind of based on, I would say environmental stuff, liberal ideals, I think a lot of Tesla's early customers were liberals uh, who were very environmentally conscious. So I think this recent shift to the right has gotten a lot of people um, upset. And then I would also add that California, which is also a very liberal state. um, Nope. All everything he's been saying about that. So, you know, add that all up and, and, Tesla's definitely moving to the right. Or Elon, like a, a lot of these things, like I feel like Tesla's kind of stuck in the crossfire of it. Like it's more of an Elon issue, and he's is uh, agree. His character is so attached to Tesla. It's a, uh, it's wild. All right, let's move on to more like practical news here. Um, Tesla this week announced uh, a new investment in Gigafactory Shanghai uh, on the road to a, a million unit of capacity production per year it was uh the details weren't released much but it was released to um a filing with the local uh, government there where uh, they said that they planned to invest in expanding parts production and uh in order to uh, supply uh, demand for exports at the factory and uh, they will add production workshop increase the number of worker and lengthen the time of equipment's operational so probably uh, adding a new shift in some part of the factory and uh, this follow another 200 million dollar investment to do similar things uh in November last year and this has been talking about drawing the production capacity to a million 
vehicle uh, per year, which it's it's pretty close right now because uh, I mean, in the last few months they increased a lot, and now they are maintaining over uh, an annualized rate over a hundred thousand units per year, which is super impressive for when you consider that this factory was like broke ground in two thousand eighteen. Started production in 2019, in late 2019, if I remember. Now in early 2022, and this is getting close to being a million units a year at HEV Go Factory here. This is something else. And then it explained probably the next piece of news that's related to it, where... Um, I didn't put it in there. Okay. Well, this is my bad. Anyway, I remember it pretty well because uh, this happened just yesterday. <laughs> uh, the uh, Reuters uh, reported from people familiar with the matter that Tesla is planning to build a new factory right next to Gigafactory Shanghai. So there's, there's been a lot of rumors lately about Tesla building a new factory in China. There's been uh, reports of uh, a bunch of different regions sending competing build, bids to try to convince Tesla to go to them uh, for the next factory. But routers report that Tesla is actually sticking with Shanghai, sticking what they know. It's going to be adjacent to the current factory, so on another piece of land right next to it. And it's going to be just as big, apparently, because they plan to have it double the production capacity to 2 million units. So this is, this is something, uh, quite a big announcement, because product, not production, uh, construction is supposed to start as soon as next month. So this... and. It's just a clear indication that Tesla like recognized like how successful Gigafactory Shanghai has been from construction to production, and uh, and the like. Let's let's just do it again, <laughs> like, uh, which makes a lot of sense. I think the only problem could be uh, the the talent pool being saturated at some, at some point. Like if you, uh, they already apply, I think over fifteen thousand people there at the Gigafactory Shanghai. So uh, trying if you need to double that or close to double that, this is. Uh, uh, this is a lot of people you need to hire. You need to convince to move there. And um, also probably a traffic situation there when the shifts end and uh, you have like 5,000 workers leaving at once. Must not be fun around around that factory. But uh, overall, I think this is a good news for Tesla's uh, growth plans. I think with uh, Fremont potentially reaching like over 600,000, 800,000 eventually within the next year or two. Um, Berlin, half a million likely at some point next year, end of next year, if if things go as well. Uh, and Gigafactory takes us most likely the same by the end of next year. Tesla is going to have a significant production capacity uh, by the end of 2023, probably uh, well, at least two, two million, two and a half. A lot of people are saying three. We'll see. Yeah, you should note also that uh, Shanghai doesn't just sell to the Chinese market. They've been sending stuff to Europe. Although, you know, obviously Germany is going to take over for that, but they also also do Australia, um, theoretically Japan, um, all basically all of Asia. Uh, you know, whenever India comes online, so big, big part of the world. Yeah, yeah. The, the export has been if because at first, if you remember, Tesla said that it, it was only for the local market that they were going to build Gigafactory Shanghai, and and then of course it grew so fast that they're like, all right, we're going to use it as an export base too. Uh, yeah, if it wasn't being an export based, I don't think they would build another factory there. I think the other kicker that we uh, we need to mention, the big difference maker here is that uh, 
they built the Gigafactory Shanghai in the free trade zone that allowed Tesla to own the whole factory, which be, it became the first car factory uh, owned, wholly owned by a foreign automaker in China. And I assume that Tesla is getting the same deal for the second one. Or I mean, I don't even know if it's going to be called the second one if it's really next, right next to it. But um, but yeah, they, they're for sure getting the same deal. And maybe they had some issue because there's other free trade zones and everything in China, in China. But maybe they had issues getting the same exact deal that they did in Shanghai. So like, all right, let's just stick to to Shanghai. Again, but again, this is unconfirmed. This is based on a few sources talking to routers apparently. Uh, so so let's keep. Uh, the news with a grain of salt, but uh, it, it looks. Uh, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's true. I'd be more surprised if this is true, though. <laughs> Tesla, my idea, finally cracking on the yoke steering wheel and uh, going with uh, an offering an option to swap for a regular round wheel. Uh, so this is something that has mystified us since the launch of the Model S. Uh, I know the, the, the yoke is controversial. People are like, ah, it's fine. Other people are like, no, it's awful and, and whatever. Regardless, you can fix this whole issue by just offering an alternative around steering wheel, though it's not a complete fix because there's two big things that's different about the yoke steering wheel. There's there's the fact that it, the shape of it, the butterfly shape versus around steering wheel, which I think is the main issue uh, because of... There's no um, progressive steering in it, so at low speed, it's definitely not as good. Uh, which is not that big of a deal, like in parking situation, everything you just be careful, you will find. But in a, in a quick, like in a you, you're skidding on heights or something like that, this this is more like critical, like dangerous situation, in my opinion. The other part of it is the stocks. All the stocks have been replaced with force touch buttons on the wheel, and. Uh, Theoretically, Tesla is talking about not even having to use that. Eventually, the car will just do everything when it needs to be done, and you won't have to click on anything. It's not the case yet, so you actually need to use the force touch buttons. And people were complaining about things like the horn, like everyone is used to just pressing in the center of the sh- of the of the steering wheel for the horn. Uh, we heard that that's this might be coming, though, so they might at least fix that. But the thing is, despite no progressive steering, despite some issues with the inputs with the force touch buttons, like the horns and everything, Elon said that they don't plan to offer an option for it. Like they, it's just this, they're going going full yoke, and and that's going to be it. Uh, but now uh, Green, the uh, Green, the only famous uh, Tesla hacker, has a very good look inside the Tesla software when they, they push an updates, and he, he found that Tesla added to its service tools a new uh, option that says a steering wheel yoke swap. And then you get the option between a round and a yoke. Uh, and the fact that it's a swap and it's related to service, I think this is going to be a service that Tesla offers to uh, existing owners. Um, there's no indication that it's going to be an option when you order the car. But if if they make it an option for existing owners, like you might as well just make an option for people who buy the car because why would you install the steering wheel yoke in the first place if people are going to change it to a round one? So uh, I would assume so, but for, for now, for now, the only indication we have is from the service tools. So um, this would at least fix the people that have an issue with the, the shape of the wheel. But as for the the stock, this is uh, this is something else. I think they're going to stick to that because all input is error. Set right. Uh, that's a shame. Uh, I guess. The good news is, like, you could go buy a Lucid Air or some other electric vehicle 
at this point that are pretty good. Uh, yeah, if it's a deal breaker for you. Yeah. All right, Xerix uh, sells. This is still an issue, unfortunately. It's just uh, kind of wild that's still happening. But um, there's still a few states that are pushing for banning automakers from owning and operating service centers and, and stores, which is understandable, understandable if that automaker has franchise dealerships in the state and they're going to compete directly with them. This is this is a problem if the because those automakers have already benefited from those dealerships investing in distribution and servicing of these vehicles. Now they have to compete with their own automakers that they that they, they provide those services for. Um, however, Tesla and other new automakers, like you just mentioned, Lucid and Rivian, they have never had any franchise dealership, and they are operating their own stores. So they're not. This is not unfair competition. They should be allowed to sell their cars directly. And uh, a few states, most states that have the the dealership association of some influence at the political at the state politic level, are are pushing for laws that uh, would clarify the direct sales law in order to make sure that this is not the case, even if you never had a franchise dealership. And uh, Tesla is using its uh, Tesla Engage social platform that they launched last year to um, to try to rally their fans, to try to push against some of those uh, efforts. In uh, Oklahoma, the State House Business and Commerce Committee is considering the Bill 3994, which uh, Tesla says that it would, it would prevent uh, it from operating service and delivery uh, of cars in, in the state. Um, so this is this is a problem. They even say that they would uh, shut down. You could even shut down existing locations, which which is kind of uh, kind of weird because if you remember, I said just a few years ago, uh, Oklahoma was going all out to try to convince Tesla to go uh, uh, to come to the state. At least Tulsa yeah. was right. Yeah, well, I think I think the the, the state government was also involved in everything, and uh, now that it didn't work out. They're like, how about we kick you out completely? <laughs> right. I mean, obviously, this is politician doing it. I'm not saying that uh, this is the mandate that Oklahoma, Oklahomian, I don't know, Oklahoma people are um, are giving to the politician. I think this is always something that happens in the background. But yeah, Tesla is asking their local fans to contact their representative and, and fight in back. In Mississippi, uh, a similar thing is happening. And uh, Tesla operates just one store in Mississippi, and I don't even think they have service at that store. If I'm not mistaken, I might be mistaken. Um, but uh, they would be prevented to open any more stores in service if, uh, well, the, the 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 bill in the Senate has been killed, the twenty eight thirty six. But I've just learned that there's another similar bill in the House, and, and if this one can pass, and then would we'll go to the Senate. So this is not a done deal. Uh, if you're in Mississippi, uh, I would still contact your representative and let them know that you think this is uh, not pro-free trade, which uh, the Mississippi Republican government should should appreciate at least. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, I don't. I, I, maybe the bill is the same name. I'm not so sure. I would need to look into. But uh, you can probably find it pretty easy. What do you think? Maybe this is uh, Elon turning to the right, you know, going to the right. He's trying to woo uh, lawmakers in, in uh, red states to be more friendly. You know, Texas obviously does still doesn't allow. Yeah, it's not working in Texas. You would you would assume that if that's the case, they would get it done in Texas first. Right. 
Yeah. But like, you know, all all the blue states have pretty much let him do what he wants to do and they're selling cars and everything. But he's got to get the red state on board. So maybe mm-hmm. that's maybe that's the game plan. <laughs> I don't know. I like where I like the way you're thinking, shit. I think it's a little bit out of the box here. But uh, uh I wouldn't I wouldn't give it past Elon to to do it. Um yeah. No, I I, I think it's just uh, like these these dealership association because like, right now like the, I think Tesla just only has a few stores in Oklahoma or a service center so it's not a big deal but uh, if if they hear any like plans of more like they start to panic and they they, they take those approach uh, which obviously are anti free trade which is not uh, w- w- which is surprising that they it's not even surprising what it, what it does uh, you would think it's surprising for red states like that to to uh, to adopt these laws. But it's not surprising. It just shows you that money in politics is the main issue here. And if those politicians are taking money from dealerships and dealership association, this is the kind of thing that happens. That's it. Whether you're in the blue state or red state, it's, it doesn't matter. Yep. All right. Um, a few more news items to discuss, and then we're going to jump into the comment section. So if you guys have any um, questions for us, you can put them in the comments right now. If you can put them in all cap, or at least a question in all cap or something like that to help us find the, the question or, uh, versus the regular comments, I uh, would appreciate that. So we put them in the comment section right now. We can get to them in just a few minutes. But uh, let's talk about Gigafactory Berlin. So uh, just like Gigafactory Texas, a few uh, weeks ago, we started seeing a lot of uh, Model Y coming out of the factory. Same thing in Berlin right now. Uh, and and a lot of them, like hundreds of them, are coming out of the factory. Uh, but at the same time, there's no news in terms of approval. Apparently, the water, the over, overall environmental approval is still on hold. The water is still an issue there. Uh, the the government says that Tesla is technically cleared for the first phase in terms of the water, but then they will have to think about additional sources uh, later on for expansion. But yeah, the Tesla is right now like as hundreds of cars coming out of the plant. Uh, you see them sending in lots right now. Looks like they are very much ready to not only start production but start like ramp up to volume production. It's just that they cannot sell those cars until they get the final environmental approval, uh, and and then they also need the uh, is it the R. RWD or hard uh, the, the the Netherlands regulatory body for car um, uh, safety and and, and uh, approval. So uh, once that's done and they have uh, the environmental approval, and looks like Gigafactory Berlin is going to just ship out a lot of cars. You know what's not ready though? No. The, the paint factory. We got one. <laughs> you can have any color as long as it's black. And there's a few white right there. What, yeah, what, one or two, two white four, ones. Five five white cars. But yeah, like, I'm not sure what's up. About that. <laughs> wasn't like the Berlin going to have the the best paint factory or whatever? Wasn't yeah, the, the new colors are supposed to be coming too. And uh, I think I think they're waiting until they have the approval on that because like maybe maybe because the, the thing I've been waiting for too is like, are we going to get updated specs on those cars? And maybe not as much as Berlin. Well, Berlin, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of changes too. But apparently, Berlin's still going to use a 2170 for now. Um, but the the one in Texas, like we need some kind of event, some kind of launch about the new the new cars. Like things have changed enough. Even if Tesla managed like to, I uh, to match the specs almost exactly to the previous version of if the software locked things, I don't know. But we expect improvement, and um, it would be nice to them to for them to release more information about that. So I w- I would I wouldn't mind like an actual launch of the like 
Gigafactory Texas, Malawi, Gigafactory Berlin, Malawi, and have more information on that front. And for the Berlin one, the new colors would definitely be part of that, I think. All right, moving on from Tesla, the Nissan Leaf 2022 coming a little bit late. Normally, we see those uh, late in the year prior to the model year. But uh, Nissan decided this week to unveil the 2022 Leaf with a little bit of a design update, which they call Sharp. <clears throat> okay. The, I don't mind the wheels. The wheels are pretty cool. Those are new wheels, I think. And uh, I don't mind them. The design updates, I think they, uh, I think they went a step back. I'll, I like more the one from last year, uh, which was like a... When, when did they update that one? Like 2000, 2019 or something? You know the the really the previous 2018 the 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 bad leaf like the the one that was like horrible looking then they updated to a better looking one this is this this looks like a little step back from it like they kept the better front end but it looks like it's lifted up a little bit like you know, I don't know I don't, I don't like it not a fan oh I lost you set then what's the audio uh, would you take any of these Lost you again for a second. Because I don't know if you can hear me, but yeah, no, um, I can't hear you. Yeah, the thing still has Chatamo. That was kind of the big, like, yeah, you know, like uh, you're you're buying for the future. You're gonna need to charge this thing uh, five years from now. Doesn't seem like Nissan's really thinking ahead here. And even with their Aria coming out, you'd think they'd have the. Uh, the capability to make a CCS combo adapter. I I don't know why they are holding on to that for the for the leaf. It makes me think that the leaf is is dying to to me. Like uh, that's, right. that's what it makes it sound like. Because uh, here, let's go to the list of the changes. Nissan brand logo added to the wheels, front grille, and rear. Woo. Sixteen or seventeen inch alloys wheel options. So like the like the one I. We saw over was was pretty good. Uh, and new exterior color option: pearl blue, magnetic blue joins the five other monotone colors, and five two tones options. Yeah, the two tones options are pretty good. I, I like the like the the white with the black uh, uh, pillars. These yep. look pretty good. Like uh, this is a two tone right there, but nothing to uh, write home about. A Volkswagen ID four. Uh, Rear-wheel drive pro got an updated uh, EPA range for the 2022 version this week, and uh, it's a decent 20 mile bump over the 2021 version. Uh, I actually didn't look into that too much. Uh, did they say what happened? I don't uh, think they. I don't think they elaborated on it. I, yeah. It might be a combination of uh, allowing more access to the battery um, that we've seen from Audi and yeah. uh, some others. That would make a lot of sense, really, because we we've seen it. We've seen everyone do that uh, too, where they they had a big buffer, and they uh, actually did they mention the buffer here? No, uh, gross battery capacity only, eighty-two kilowatt hour. Yeah, they don't say it. So yeah, the Pro now gets two hundred and sixty miles on a single charge, uh, two hundred and fifty if you uh, upgrade to the Pro S. If you go all-wheel drive, you get uh, there's a small. Uh, decrease in efficiency to 249 miles 
And uh, if you want the Pro S all-wheel drive, 240 miles. I think that has reduced to the, the difference because there used to be a big difference if you went to go all-wheel drive. Yeah, the all-wheel drive is definitely the the one to get there. Uh, yeah. The the rear-wheel drive one's a little underpowered. Yeah, and starts at $43,000 for the all-wheel drive. It's not too bad. Yeah. A lot less expensive than uh, the Model Y, for example. Yeah, especially All right. with, uh, they still have the uh, rebates. Yes, they do. They do. They do. They do. And also, if you are in California and New York and some other states, uh can get pretty cheap. If you can get your hands on one, they are uh, pretty popular. And that boat's lost a few of them, it sounds like. Or at least yeah, we can confirm how many, but it looks likely that a uh, few... Uh, People that uh, already had one plan with their dealership coming, and they might have a bad surprise. All right, yep. should we jump into the comment section? Yep. Uh, so, uh, Gauk Wapanzi says, not pro-free trade, maybe anti-capitalism. So we're talking about Texas or, and mm-hmm. the uh, Mississippi and the other states that are not uh, allowing Teslas to be sold. Yeah, but it's all about money and politics. It's not about... Uh, what you stand for, for right. sure. Or who's, who's paying the bills. Mm. All right, Chad Roblox says, do you think Tesla should build the full-sized CyberQuad or some version in the Indian market? I mean, I know the Indian market loves their two-wheel vehicles. They love their scooters. They love their, their motorcycles. Um, I don't know how much of a CyberQuad would... Uh, you know what? Like, the CyberQuad is not going to be cheap, too. Like, the, the yeah. Indian market love their cheap two-wheel vehicles. I should have clarified that. Uh, it's not... I mean, so some of them have, like, a higher-end version for sure. But, the, like, the, I, don't, I don't know on top of my head the numbers there, but the numbers of scooters and motorcycles are wild but it's most of them are, are very inexpensive version if the cyber quad costs less than twelve thousand dollars i would be shocked shocked i mean the cyber quad for kids costs what two thousand dollars yeah it's a little pricey um yeah maybe it costs ten thousand dollars i i don't know but uh i would be surprised yeah i don't i don't know if that's a good idea if if Tesla built some other sort of vehicle, maybe that would make more sense. All right, moving on. Uh, CKC5GTS says, do you think Tesla could sue in federal court using the via the interstate commerce clause? I think they tried to, um, to bring that up uh, at the federal level years ago, like uh, – talking about when I started working at Electric, probably 2015, 2016, something like that. And uh, it didn't work at all. Uh, the, the, uh, the, the Obama administration at the time, I think it was the Obama administration, said that it's, this is going to be a state, a state issue. Uh, and, of course, that complicates things. But, but they, they, they've done a lot of progress in, in, in a lot of places now. So there's, there's still a few problematic states. Even New York is kind of problematic, really. <laughs> so, right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's not just like the red states for sure. But then it's not just the small states, too. Like if people think, ah, who cares about Mississippi? Like how many Tesla goods there? Like, it, it, I mean, they would, they would sell a decent amount if they had a service center there, if they had like they, they have the infrastructure uh, so it's, um, yeah, it's frustrating. 
All right. Uh, another question. Uh, do you all know what the battery buffer on the Ionic 5 and the EV6 is? So we're talking about the Hyundai Ionic 5 and Kia EV6. Um, it's it's significant, if I remember uh, correctly. But uh... Yeah, I remember seeing it in one of those presentations. Um, you know, Hyundai and Kia are very good with uh, efficiency, but um, we don't know exactly what it is right now. Yeah, I can find it quickly on the website. I don't know if we shared it before. Yeah, I can find it real quick. I'm sure it's out there, though. All right, let me see. I'm trying to... Well, someone's asking about uh, any updates on the CCS1 adapter for Tesla. No, this is uh, starting to get frustrating because it's something that's available in other markets now. But uh, North America, I assume, I assume uh, pre-runner wannabe uh, is uh, is talking about uh, the North American market here. Yeah, uh, there's still no signs of it being available. There's still some third-party options, but they're not ideal. A little bit more expensive. Uh, they don't have a super high charge rate. They have limitation on that front. So, uh, so no. Uh, as soon as we have something, we'll let you know. Uh, I know that. Uh, for some people, this is a big deal because some people like they have there's those specific routes where uh, Nitrified America EVgo station or something is it makes more sense for them, uh, and and you would just why can't I just use that? Especially especially now that you're starting to see people uh, use uh, uh, other non-Tesla EV using the supercharger network, not in America uh, again, but uh, uh, it, it's coming. So yeah, new yeah, new and, and that friend. we know that. Tesla sells it in the Korean market, so it's not mm-hmm. like they don't know how to make them. Yeah, it's there. It's a product that exists, um, and there's a third party company that makes them. Mm-hmm. But there's some weirdness there where um, the, the software doesn't always work with the uh, stations, and I think it's limited mm-hmm. to 80 kilowatts. So it's not much better than the CCS or sorry, the Chatmo adapter that Tesla used mm-hmm. to sell. Do they still sell that? You know, good question. I don't know, but I know that their CCS is up to 150. I think so. That, that's right. that's way better. Uh, yeah, it's it's really unclear. The only the only thing that would make sense is like they're very much supply limited, and and they can sell sell out in those markets, which is not impossible because Tesla is pretty big in Korea actually. But um, but yeah, uh, I cannot find any other reason that makes sense to me. Like the Maybe Tesla is still kind of holding on to the idea of their own proprietary charge connector in North America, yeah. uh, but at the same time, they've, they've they've clearly said that they plan to open up the supercharger network there too. And if they do that, they're gonna have to. I mean, that's the thing; they don't necessarily have to. Uh, they they said that they didn't expand in details, but in other countries, they open it completely. So you assume that in North America, they're gonna do do the same too. And if if they do, then it's going to help how the CCS standard for sure. Interesting. As a follow up, uh, he says he sold his Chatmo adapter for a thousand bucks. So people are desperate for these adapters. Yeah, they, uh, and if they are, they not Tesla is not selling them right now. Even if it's on the website, most of the time it's like it's sold out. It's sold, it sells out super quick. Yeah, thousand yeah. bucks is. Uh, I think that's a hundred percent profit, even more. Uh, yeah, because they were four fifty for a while. Yeah, I um, mean that that other third party uh, adapter, I believe, is 
I think they're trying to sell those for four hundred fifty-ish dollars as well. I should sell mine because I never use my chat out there. <laughs> I know. I was just thinking the same thing. It would be nice to get the money, but like if we knew that the 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 other the CCS combo adapter was coming, yeah. it would be you know timing that right would be him. Yeah, but at the same time, that's the the launch of a CCS adapter for Tesla is going to kill the price on the chatting adapter for sure. Um, yeah, because people are just going to go with that instead. I don't even know where it is. I need to find that. I think maybe my parents have them. We'll see. All right. Well, that's uh, that's it for the... Oh, another question. What uh, is one your... last question. Uh, what is your questimate, I guess? Guestimate. How many full electric BZ4Xs Toyota will deliver in 2022? No idea. It all depends on their allocation. Like the I'm, I'm the the car looks pretty good. The specs are there for the price. The price is matches the spec very well. It's it fits well in the market. Uh, they can sell whatever they can deliver. So it, we we're gonna need to have to wait and see the allocation that the dealerships are getting. Um, I, I I think uh, I think it's gonna be hard to get one this year for sure. Yeah, and we're gonna have a look at the Toyota version of that, uh, the Solterra. Uh, here, the Subaru version of that, you mean? Oh yes, Subaru version of that. So, yeah, once you when you see one, like you pretty much see the the load, uh, not the Lotus, the Lexus one, <laughs> the Toyota one. Yeah, they they really didn't do much uh, rebadging. It's kind of just like a new logo. Yeah. All right. Any update on the federal tax credit being bought back in twenty twenty two? For no, that's attached to a. Uh, the Build Back Better Act and um, said, I don't think we've been, we've seen any updates on that front, right? No. I, last we heard that they, they were going to talk about splitting up and passing the parts of the Build Back Better that they could pass, yeah. but I don't, we haven't heard much on that. Yeah, that's going to be a fun process for sure. Right. <laughs> uh, 3,000 page build just to break it down a little bit. Anyway, all right, that, that's it for us this week. I hope you liked the show. If you did like it, please give us a thumbs up. It's free to do and it helps the show way more than you think. Um, takes us seconds to do it. Same thing if you want to leave a five-star review on your podcast app. That also has helped the show tremendously and it's free to do. We appreciate everyone who does it. And we're going to see you same place, same, same, same place, same time. <laughs> 